Welcome to College Soccer Nation, your authoritative source for NCAA Division I collegiate soccer. Hosted by Oklahoma Sooners head coach Matt Mott, Rice Owls head coach Brian Lee, and the Duke Blue Devils head coach Robbie Church. They've got the insights, strategies, and insider stories you won't hear anywhere else. From recruiting to national championships, the coaches have it covered. So lace up and let's hit the pitch with Coach Mott, Coach Lee, and Coach Church. hey I like that one. What's up, College Soccer Nation? This is Matt Mott, uh, head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners here on College Soccer Nation. Joined, as I always am, with my good buddy and fantastic coach, Brian Lee from the Rice Owls, and my other good buddy and even more fantastic coach, <laughs> just kidding, Brian, Robbie Church, the governor, the mayor of Soccerville. Boys, it's Monday. It is at the end of the season. We are rolling. And um, and everybody's hot after trying to make conference tournaments and trying to make NCAA tournaments and trying to win games and all this stuff. Um, and we're here to talk about it and dive into it at a good level. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You know what I call this time of year, Matt? What's that? I call it sweaty palm time. So if you go to shake the other, you know, everybody's in big games, could be trying to chase a tournament berth, could be a trophy you're chasing. If you go to coach, uh, shake the other coach's hand before the game and their hands are really sweaty, you got them. It's going to be a great day. <laughs> Everyone locked that one away. That's good to know. Good to know. Churchy, uh, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> that was good that was good no doing well doing well just like everybody else you know trying to trying to win games trying to keep ourselves a little bit above 500 trying to uh yeah. you know, play yeah. the Tar heels but from brian's information he just gave me i'm gonna wipe my hands off make sure i get a towel wipe my hands off before i go shake coach's hands uh make sure to i'm gonna my i'm gonna put i'm gonna do difference i'm gonna spray mine with water make them <laughs> think they got us Make them think they got us. This one is running all over the place, too. So, but I got you. All right. So, let's start today with some questions. Um, I got some questions. People emailed the pod some questions. So, I'm going to ask them. Uh, first one parents, you this is what's interesting to me. You two both have um, have have, uh, kids that play college athletics, Brian. You have obviously two. Player, two kids playing college tennis, and Robbie, a son, play college basketball, and a daughter plays soccer, right? Yep, played at USC yeah, Wilmington. Yeah, yeah, four years yeah. So you dealt with this. So tell me this. How do parents watch games, watch sideline behavior from coaches and teams, and can sit and continue to send their kids to these places when the sideline is just – out of control, crazy, disrespectful, all of the things you want to put in there. But yet, I mean, is it really just all about winning and success? Well, what are your thoughts as you guys both have, you know, two kids that are going into college or have been in college, played in college, um, when you're in that recruiting phase? What's what's the what's the answer to that? I, that's a what a fantastic question, Matt, and something I've wondered for a long, long time. You can watch college teams warm up. And the coach would literally be cussing at the kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> who, and that is just the warm-up for the game. Who yeah. send their kids to that environment? No matter how well, many games. It's a warm-up for the game, Brian, but it's also in public. There's fans, yeah. right? People I, are watching it. 
So what's going on? What's going on when there aren't fans and there aren't public and there aren't whatever? But yeah, okay, Churchy, what's your thought? <laughs> it's it's not good if they're doing that in the warmups. Uh, it, it, it is not. <laughs> but good. even like during the game, you know, the coach is going crazy and screaming oh. and yelling, carrying on. Yeah. I mean, what what you know? what I'm saying, but but yeah, some of those guys sure. win. For sure, Matt. It's about as a parent. Can I go say my kid playing at X school? My kid mm -hmm. is playing in a top five school. My kid's playing a top. They may not even be playing, but my kid is on the team there. Can I take that to the country club? Can I talk? Can I talk <laughs> at the country club that this is where my kid is going over there? And they're gonna have to take. But now that your kid's there, they're taking a bunch of abuse. There's a yeah. bunch of abuse that are happening there, just so you can talk. Or just so the kids can talk, instead of looking at the bigger picture, where do you actually fit in? Where's the best environment? What's a nurture? What's a nurturing environment? What's a growing environment? They're just like, I want to go to the best program I possibly can. There's people out there, not everybody, of course, but yeah. there's no people out there that are saying, I want to go to the best program I possibly can, so that I can talk to my friends and say, Hey, with this elite academic university or with this elite soccer program. But it's that just, is it's. It's sad, isn't it? That's a sad parenting. What you just said, Churchy, to me is is almost painful, right? And and I get it, like because you're right. I mean, I think for plenty of people, you're right. Like they're they're going to sacrifice maybe the happiness of their kid or yeah. the treatment of their kid yeah. to, um, you know, say at the country club they're going to X school, like that. That to me is is pitiful. Honestly, it's it's. Like it's it's really shocking, I guess. I don't know. Go ahead, Brian. I think coaches, we can be so much more intelligent about how we choose for our kids. That's the number one thing I looked yeah. at. Yeah. For my yeah. And, it, and it, as a matter of fact, it's the only thing I cared about. What is the environment mm -hmm. I put my kid in every day and who's that with? And I mm -hmm. think because of that, my son's having a great college experience, even though his team is five hundred. And my daughter is probably gonna have a very similar experience. And a much better experience um, than kids who are, you know, it's the same thing with tennis. Kids will walk on at a top five school where they're never going to play, regardless of what the environment's like. Yep. Uh, regardless if, well, there's a national championship team in tennis that had their entire lineup transfer. And they won the national championship. Maybe it's five <laughs> out of six. That ain't great day to day <laughs> when that Well, um, but it, it is funny. Like, I agree, Brian. Like, we're coaches. We see it. We, we live it. You know, but I, I have a wife who is is a competitive person who would be, um, you know, very um, parent-like in games at times where I couldn't sit by her um, because she would get so into it. And I would, you know, or if like my son didn't play and she would be fired up and I'd be like, you know, listen, like, is he happy? Is he complaining? Right. If he's not, then let's, he's fine. He's doing a good job, but she's, Competitive. She's someone that's been in it for 25 years, right? And and sees it. So it's um, you know, it's it's really hard, I think, a lot of times for parents because they want what's best for them. they want at the end of the day, they want we we want to hope they want what's best for the kids, but sometimes the allure of of you know the country club conversation maybe takes over. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But the thing, I'm so interested that Robbie said that as well. I mean, that is the biggest thing to me with kids choose in schools for their parents so their parent can put a flag in the yard that yeah. says whatever school is cool at the country club it's absolutely shocking to me how common that is 
and how it overrides an abusive situation. Right. And yeah. So a question that's kind of build on that. Do you think, and this is, do you think parents, what's the most important thing to parents as they're watching games? Is it the team wins or is it the kid, the kids play? And the kids get on the field. They have some type of, uh, and I, and I think it's the you know I again being a parent in both those things. I remember walking out of UNC Charlotte. I have a five eight son playing Division one basketball. He's not he's not gonna play Division one basketball. But they would be down by twenty or thirty at times, or up by twenty or thirty, and you walk out and you're like, I can't believe we didn't get in for a minute or two minutes or something like that. But you know, there's only forty minutes at a clock in basketball, and then I'll be outside. I go what the hell am I talking about and slap myself <laughs> and go yeah, and finally get my senses. Yeah. But you, you look at it from such different lenses as parents, you know, yeah. you, look at, yeah. you know, I, I, I believe, yeah, sure. It'd be nice if the team won because your, your daughter in, in our case would be happy. That's happier. But main thing I want to see is I want to see them on the field. I don't want to see them on the field. I want to see them getting that, getting some time out there to play even though they may not be at the level that the team is playing at, too. Yeah, it's, it would be an interesting poll, right? Are you more happy that your kid is stepping on the field or are you more happy that the team is winning? Yeah. For parents. Talk about the parents now. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to know what, what that answer is. And are you more happy that your kid's on the team and not playing but the team's winning or, you know, vice versa? So, anyway, all right. Uh, one, one more, Brian, are you good? Uh, no, well, what's y'all's guess? That, that's a great question. There's three of us with, in terms of would you, you know, parents in your team or teams you coach in the past or whatever would rather their kid play or the team win. I would say 70% want their kid to play. 70 yeah. 30. If yep, it's yep, true, yep, it obviously, best case is my kid plays, scores the winning goal. And yeah, you know, of course, yeah, all of, of course. the above. Of course, yeah. And then, and then we yeah. can talk at the country club all, all week after that <laughs> happens at that point, too. But, all right, uh, here we go. Let's keep moving. End of the season push or fail, what makes a difference? In other words, under the season, the team is rolling, going to go in the tournament, and you guys have both have done this where you've won conference tournaments, and, and obviously so have I. Or the team fails, can't make the tournament, you know, don't don't have it and just falls off the cliff, maybe in the middle. What makes the difference? Oh, you I think you've got to want to play this this part of the year. You've got to have still have positive energy. You still want to be out there. You still want to compete. You just you you know, it's a teams that are cultivating good chemistry, good, good culture. It's good point. They want to they still want to be together. If they still mm -hmm. want to be together as a group, they're going to find a way to get there, you know, depending on what, what level. But, you know, this time of year, we've been at this since what, you know, a lot of people came in in July. And right. so it, it's been July, it's been July, August, September, getting close to halfway through October, you know, so we're almost, we're almost three months in this. So it's, it's, again, it's the, the teams that really want to be there and really are focused on the goals and, and enjoy and enjoy being together. Well, that's a great answer, Robin. Great answer. And, you know, I think you have seniors that are looking, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. All right, now it's coming down to the end. Like, what am I doing? Right? I had yep. a meeting with one of ours today that said, you know, she's like, it's it's now I'm starting to really, you know, before it's like, oh, I got a fifth year, um, you know, cruising. But now it's like, okay, what, what, wait a minute, what, what am I doing, you know, when this is over? So, Brian, thoughts? Well, yeah, I think that that's number one. And to kind of, you know, bleed off that, the kids are always going to remember the end of the season. You know, you can be eight and oh, 
and ranked seventh in the country. And then if you go on a bad streak at the end of the season, everyone's like, oh, the season, boy, that sucked. So they're going to remember, you know, how you finish down the line. And I think team chemistry is a big part of that. And then a little bit of avoiding key injuries or injuries your team can't replace. You know, I, I think right now with five, six to go, somebody loses a goalkeeper, that changes everything, depending on the level of their backup, big time score, all those things. Yeah, that's good. All right. Good answers, boys. But excellent answers. I'll tell you, this pod is, I mean, College Soccer Nation, the knowledge that we drop is just unbelievable. And, you know, let's be clear. I just asked the questions. All right. Um, here's a good one. I like this one. How, and not talking about any of our own personal players, right? None of our current, no Duke players, Rice players, or, or Oklahoma players. How strong is the quit in today's athlete? Do you think? And the piggyback, think, hold on, yeah. the piggyback question to that in the second period is, what are the indicators in recruiting? Have you figured that out? Well, if you figured out the indicators, you let us all know, Matt. <laughs> this would be the most downloaded pod in the history of college sports. Um, <laughs> but right now, my theory is this, or my take is this. Kids are A or F these days. I think in, when you're playing in games, you get very few steady C performances. Um, I think in the classroom, very, very few C's. I think you see a vast majority of A's in team, in individual performance in games and in the classroom. And then you don't see many B minuses, C's. You'll see a few smatterings of D's and F's because they don't deal with adversity very well. And I think COVID has thrown gas on that because they all sat at home for a year or two. So missed social ad adversity as well that normal kids would get. Okay, Robbie. Quite an answer. answer, right? Quite, a, quite an answer on that one too. I'll kind of take it as signs. The signs that I see is after they commit. Now I want to see what happens to them after they commit. How motivated are they? Are they starting to slide away from different things? Are they stepping out of out of programs that they they were doing to get to that point too? Are they? You know, they're going to stay mostly with obviously with their club team, but there's other things that they used to do on the side. The other type of trainings. Are they stepping away from those? Are they looking? They're getting happy. They're getting satisfied. You know, you go watch them play, and you're looking at that. And of course, you know, they're young kids. They're going to go up and down all the time. But I think it's it's after they commit. How committed are they to getting better? Because obviously we're not signing a finished product because we're signing kids or we're getting commitment to kids that are two years out now. All of us are working on 25s. That's not a finished product. Are they, you know, will they continue to work or are they fat and happy and they got their scholarship and they got their school? And now I'm not going to do the extra work with it too. Like it. That's a great point. Yeah. All right. One last thing, then we'll turn, I'll turn it over to you, Brian. What? So this week, right, this week we had – it's pretty interesting. We had in the same week we had North Carolina and Duke. We had Auburn, Alabama. We had Ole Miss, Mississippi State. So some really, you know, in the South, certainly some huge rivalries, right, rivalry games. Um, what, in your opinion – Robbie, you can't pick Duke, North Carolina. What, in your opinion, is the best rivalry in college soccer? Oh, what a great question. That Thanks, is. Brian. I, Mind I, you, I, we play Texas on Thursday. So Oklahoma, <laughs> Texas is a I'll little bit what, on my mind. Well, I'll tell you, that's a wonderful 
Red River rivalry in football, that historically has been either extremely one-sided or zero-sided in college soccer when they both correct for. So hopefully there'll come a day where that's in the conversation. The man, I think that is so hard because I think Duke UNC is high, high up there because it's been there, you know, for the last 25, 30 years where it's been relevant. A long, long time ago, Carolina beat Duke in the final nine, nothing. Right. So that rivalry has been going on for a long time. And I think the rest of it's typical. Florida State comes out of nowhere. Florida State, North Carolina, the last five years, has been awesome. Sure. Florida State, Florida back in the day. Yep. Yeah. Yep. When they were both good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Was there ever a time, though, where Becky really kind of beat Mark? Like a couple years in a row? I don't, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. No. I don't remember. That's, that's the demise of the Florida program there at the, the tail end of Becky. It's just Mark got hired. If Mark doesn't get hired at Florida State, that generally Florida doesn't take the dip they took, and they're not trying to recover now. You, you know, in state, you're only trying to be better than the other team in the state, and then you're pretty good to go. Is Stanford UCLA a, a rivalry? Yes, I, I think there's two out west. I was trying to think about. I think Stanford UCLA is one. I think I think UCLA Southern Cal's probably mm-hmm. as far as a rivalry is maybe a little bit bigger since they're in the same city. Um, I think I think those are Stanford and Cal, Stanford and Cal, Stanford, Santa Clara, Cal. Those three, yeah, yeah. Those. What, three. what about is there one? Who's Penn State's rival? Probably Rutgers. I would think Rutgers. Yeah. Rutgers would be their rival in the big in the Big Ten because they both yeah Michigan the- Michigan State. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so, the small ones that are you know Ole Miss Mississippi State. That's a rivalry because it's a rivalry and that. The teams sometimes are pretty close to each other level-wise. But they, everything's so cyclical to me. And I think out West, they just approach college sports so differently that I think UCLA is going to just play Stanford. Hey, they're nice. I'm nice. How's your homework going? Where are you going to go to grad <laughs> And North Carolina Dukes, man, they hate each other when they, you know, yeah. push up. That's, you know, for me, rivalry, rivalry. That's what that uh- looks like. Auburn, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, and Mississippi, Mississippi State are definitely in that category of hate, you know, for each other. I mean, again, you're I, I, I was there for 13 years, right? Like, um, people wanted to know how you did against Mississippi State. They didn't really care about anything else or how you did against them. And they could care less if you what you did in the league. They could care less what you did in the NCAAs. They want to know how you did against Mississippi State. And I'm sure the same is for for Mississippi State, right? So, but Auburn, Alabama, very similar. Very, very similar. Go ahead, Georgie. I got what Clemson, South Carolina is a really good one. Oh, that's yeah. That's that, a good one. You want to talk about hatred? I know we got in there yeah. two, and, and I think it's a little bit more spicy because it's two different leagues. It's the mm-hmm. SEC, it's the ACC. We're both on each other's footprints. Um, we're all over each other's footprints, and those two are boarding each other or on the same state. So that is a that 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 is one of the top ones, I think. Is a Clemson. yeah, that's up there for sure. For sure. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. And they've both been consistently good under current staff who've now been there a long time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that either one of them has won many times in a row. You know? Right. Um, and it's, yeah. yeah. It seems like the other one wins on the home field a lot more. It seems yeah. like Clemson will win at South Carolina and South Carolina wins at Clemson. I could be wrong with that, but it does seem like it to me. Well, of course, I thought about that because of the huge football upset this past weekend with Oklahoma beating Texas it was pretty, pretty <laughs> awesome. I was the first time and I can't remember. I'm in my hotel room screaming at the TV, screaming like I was just a psycho fan. 
I was like, it's the first, my first ever Red River robbery on this side, obviously. So it was fun. All right, let's keep it rolling. Brian, uh, what, what do we got? Talk to us. Okay, so I thought this week we should, uh, it's getting to be go time. It's getting to be trophy time. We'll call this segment trophy time. We'll go through okay. the nine, uh, the power nine conferences, give a little bit of overview of the standings, but really primarily find out who do you guys project to win the league, who's your choice, and then uh, if anybody's got a storyline that's come out of that league this season. Does that make sense? Yep. All right. So we can talk through AAC. We're not going to talk about Rice. We don't have to talk about our own teams in these. But mm -hmm. at the top, AAC's got Memphis undefeated through four and closely behind at 3-0-1, a team that Robbie tipped preseason East Carolina. Yeah, two points down. And this week, Big East game. Carolina hosts Memphis. Oh. If Memphis wins, league's over. They might go undefeated. They might not, but everyone will be too far behind. East Carolina will be five points. Probably the next team is going to be seven, eight points behind them. The league's over. So we kind of got a championship game this week. And then my storyline for the AAC involves Memphis and can they make a deep run in the NCAA? So they're in the top 10. Their RPI is very, very high. What do you guys think? Can they make a deep run in the NCAAs? I, I have an opinion. Um, it's really Memphis, you know, obviously, you know, they were a rival of us for the last number of years. I have nothing but respect for Brooks. I think he's a great coach. I think him and Johnny, those guys do an unbelievable job. I, I, I do. Typically, with Memphis, at some point comes a little dip in the season. It may be to start the season. They they don't get off well. And then they get it rolling. Like, I think last year's a good example, right? They started weak, and then they were killing at the end and made a deep run. Sweet 16 gave gave a little Duke Blue Devil team all they wanted in that Sweet 16 game to get the lead eight, right? Um, there's been years where they've come out of the cannon and blowing everybody out and then take a dip in the middle of the season. Or they take a dip um, maybe at the end of the season. There was a, a year – few years ago where I had to have them for us for for Ole Miss to get in the tournament I had to have Memphis beat South Florida in the final and they didn't beat them or maybe they did beat them something happened with them they needed to do something they didn't do it for me um but there's been years where they've struggled towards the end where they look like a favorite going in this year not so fast my friend this year they seem very very solid um in the games that I've watched they've been very good uh in in all three lines so I think they are poised for to finish off the league. Um, and then the tournament, you don't know. Like the tournament can be – I'm not counting the AAC tournament. But they're going to finish off this league. And then I think Brooks has them in a good spot mentally. Um, they are ready to make a run. I, I think uh, – what is a run for them? I think getting in the Sweet 16 and then taking a shot is probably what they are. I'm not ready to say they're a Final Four team or even an Elite Eight team, but – could I see him in the Sweet 16? I could. I mean, they have a couple of really special players for sure. Well, I mean, I think obviously you know them much better than I do. Uh, we did play them in the 16th. They were really good, really good. And did a, you know, a lot of chaos out there on the field. But from a distance, it looks like they, they look like the best goal-scoring team there is in the country almost. They, are, they started off the season scoring goals. And if I'm correct, they're still scoring goals. And I think that that's going to carry them a long ways because goal scoring has slowed down. 
in a lot mm-hmm. of conferences and a lot of areas this time of year. And they're still scoring goals. So I think they could make a huge run as long as they continue to play uh, and, and, and continue to score. Obviously, continue to score goals. They're going to do very, very well. But I haven't seen a dip in that goal scoring from them. No, it's across the line. They've got a fantastic front three, I'd argue. Top five front line in the country. Goalkeeping is very underrated. They've given up five goals this season. I think three of them are penalties. Oh, my God. Uh, And run a play, they've given up one. So the schedule hasn't been the strongest. I think that's the little knock. What would their seed be? And uh, they do need to run the regular season. And ideally for them, lose the first game of the conference tournament and just be done. (laughs) And rest, yeah. Because it's a three-game in six-day, seven-day, six-day conference tournament. That's not ideal for making a deep run. Yeah. But I I am going to say, unless the draw just kills them, final eight for Memphis. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right, ACC. Everybody's favorite league across the country. Is that fair to say, Matt? Nope. <laughs> you are so such a homer. It's unbelievable. <laughs> All right now we got Florida State on 16, Notre Dame on 16, Carolina chasing them at 14, and Outsiders Clemson and Pitt at 13. Uh, you know, conference championship. Who you can argue against Florida State finishing the deal up three points already? Anybody? What do they got left? You got that in front of you? I can click it in one little click. Florida State has home Notre Dame. I bet that's on the oh, game. That's probably game uh, of the weeks, yeah. Home Notre Dame, Pittsburgh at home, away mm. to the Duke Blue Devils, mm. NC State at home. See, this is the thing with this, right? There's, You know, our league only has three games left, but some have four games left. Like, your run-in is really important. Right. For so sure. their sure. Duke is, I mean, uh, Florida State looks great, but I mean, Notre Dame, who's the other Duke, who else? Pittsburgh, who's rolling. I mean, that's not that's it. So team. I'm saying, no, I, I don't, I think they'll get nipped. And, and I think they're going to nip because the running's too hard. But well, again, I, well, let me, I, let me, let me rephrase. This is what I'm going to go with. The winner, if there's a winner in Notre Dame, Florida State, the winner of that, will win the regular season. That's my that's my vet. That's my vote. Right. I think that's a reasonable argument. And but you know, but Notre Dame, they go from away to Florida State to away at Carolina. Oh what's Carolina's running? Uh Carolina's running is at Wake versus Notre Dame. Oh, this is tasty. Syracuse and Boston College. Ooh. I think that's I think I might take Carolina. I think I might take Carolina. Well, uh, with Florida State, right? What's the tiebreaker? Yeah. There? Robbie, what's uh, the head to head? Number one's head to head, but you know they tied the last second goal that Florida yeah, State. I remember. And then I think number two is you start at the top of the standing and work your way down. Oh, yeah. that's how they did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'm under. changing my bet. I'm changing my vote. To, I'll take Carolina. I'll I take mean, it just, I don't see Notre Dame or Florida State going unscathed. And that, and they got to play each other. Well, that's that's it. Going to be as usual. It's going to be interesting. But let let's talk about ACC just real quick. I mean, in, in Henderson's latest projections, he's got six teams in making the NCAA tournament. Six. They got ten in last year, I think. Well, um, or nine. 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 nine in yeah. Last year. That, that's yeah. the issue 
to the ACC right now is, you know, we're calling Notre Dame a, a league title contender. That they've played six. Three of Notre Dame's wins, their last three, are against teams with three wins. Louisville, Boston College, Miami. That unbalanced schedule the ACC does, and I don't know what mathematician came up with that one, but it's not the same work at the one who does the Ivy Leagues. Um, <laughs> it's not exactly beat the RPI setup right now because they're such a haves and have-nots. What's uh what like where where's Clemson fit in all this thing? Because they're they've been a they've been in there a bit. What give me Clemson's run, give me Clemson's running because they're up there, right? Yeah, they're a couple games back. They're at a little team we call the Duke Blue Devils. Ooh, right, tasty game. That should be a big game of the weeks. What's that? Go ahead. Sorry. Then home to Louisville and Pitt, and then at Notre Dame. That's not screaming. Hey, we're going to win the league title. From no, 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 no. Look that's at trouble. Last five games. Their last five games. Their last five games. What's their last five games? They're, oh, great question. Their last five games are Virginia Tech, Virginia, Syracuse, Boston College, and Miami. Oh. Yeah. Little, little, I, little. I sign up, I sign up for that schedule. I don't know. Anyway, is the mathematician from Clemson? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, all right. Let's okay. keep moving. We'll stay on ACC forever. How about this, real quick? Storyline yep. of the ACC season Virginia missing. Yeah. Double A's. Yeah, they're 80-something right now, right? They are 82, and their running is Virginia Tech, Miami, Boston College, Syracuse. That Ooh, ain't helping. No helping. And and what is their current record? Uh, their current record is 5-3-5, five, and five, but they haven't won in seven games. Oof. Their last win yeah. was against VCU non-conference. They, they're 0-3-3 they're and three in the ACC. Yeah, sometimes years like this happen. It sounds like they're getting one. So, okay, let's keep it going, Grab, Brad. That was good. That's good analysis of the ACC. Love it. What's next? All right. Now, let's go Big 12. Oh, we've yeah, got. So I can sit this one out. Yeah. One of the surprise teams of 2023, Texas Tech leads with 19 points. TCU a game behind with 16. BYU at 15. Texas at 13. And for me, the, the story of that conference this season is the likelihood that BYU doesn't win the league. Who yeah. would have projected that a month ago? Yep, yep. Well, I, for me, it's Tom Stone and the Texas Red Texas Tech Red Ra Raiders over there. What what a year! I mean, we were talking two weeks left in the preseason in the season, and they're undefeated, right? Yep. Two undefeated and a win over some quality teams in the big 12. So, I mean, they're obviously there with the teams that they have beaten. I don't know what they have left, what their run is left, but they are my favorites to win the big 12. Yeah, me too. Matt, this is a non-competitive question. The other yep. interesting down the stretch thing with the big 12 is all the big injuries. Am I right on that? Every time I turn around, I yeah. seem like somebody's been lost. Who are they? Um, well, you got the center back from Texas is maybe one of the top ones that's out, right? That's and I don't right. know what happened. I know at TCU the 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 good center back or sorry, the good outside back for Texas Tech got hurt. Um but anyway, so I but other than that, I don't know I don't know, I can't tell you who, who won the other teams are, but those are some of them. But um Texas Tech running, by the way, is uh at UCF, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Uh, Oklahoma <laughs> State at home and at Iowa State. 
and up four points. Oh, another big, big, yeah, another big loss is the the center forward for UCF, who was very, very good. She she's out the season yeah. as well, which is a, a tough one. All so, in the last two. Those are big yeah. losses. For those teams. Yeah. And the Texas Tech. You know, if Macy Blackmer misses any sort of time, she's yeah. she's an American type contributor. That's a big. Oh, time absolutely. Blackmer. She yeah. She's she's in, she's important for their team for sure. So. And. I, I think you've got to be fair too, as you go back to ACC, and we talked about Virginia. Their oh, yeah. their yeah, season yeah. went down early with three ACLs or three season-ending injuries with Godfrey, uh, Laney Roush, and Dawson. Three of their better yeah. players. Oh yeah. No, you're talking about you're talking about um, uh, what's her name? The, the Godfrey is maybe the number oh. one pick in the draft, right? Oh, I mean, she's phenomenal. Yeah, 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 she, yeah. She is. She is phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on the Big 12? That's it for Big 12. Big East. This can be a, a quick one. It's down to Xavier and Georgetown, both on 12 points. The interesting thing with the Big East this year is all the draws. Xavier and Georgetown lead through six games. They've both got three draws, 3-0-3. Providence right behind them, 2-0-3. Surprise Seton Hall in the middle of the pack at 2-2-2. And it's part, partly in, in that league down to – to Robbie's theory on the the goals, the goal drought. They've in that league, there's only three teams in league games offer uh averaging over a goal a game. Wow. That's crazy. That does, is that is crazy. Does Providence play either Xavier or Georgetown? Because I think they could be the difference. I think they're a quality team um that could give either one of those teams a really good game and win the game. Yep, they they play them both. Still, I think uh, they, I think the the, the Big East is going to come down to who beats Providence. Yeah, good point. Mm. All right, Matt, anything on them? No, I think Xavier's having a nice season though. So I, I uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's a dogfight, and boy, um, Nate's done a great job there of really right. resurrecting that that program. And I mean, the brand that went out last year and now doing it again this year is. Certainly kudos to him and, you know, lost some players to the transfer. I mean, the really good player at UCF, Nugent, was there, um, and he's still getting it done. So, impressive. Yeah, what do we got next? All right, Big Ten. Penn State feels like a commanding lead, but it's only three points over Indiana and Michigan States with uh, – sorry, Indiana, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. And with the storyline in the Big Ten, is the Big Ten maybe 10 bids and a yeah. number one? Maybe the no, no overall number one seed. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a hell of a year for the Big Ten. It, it really is. I mean, they were dominant in non-conference, and then they've kind of rolled right through. I think one of the interesting things is the guys at the back end um, kind of continue to lose, which pushes that ten forward. Does that make sense? Like, yep. so they're winning. They're winning the games. Everybody's winning the games against those kind of four. And so that's pushing that guy, those guys' RPIs higher and higher because they're winning the ones they shouldn't, and then they're just beating up on each other, and it's keeping their numbers where they are. But um, I wouldn't want to see Big Ten roll around in my uh, in my bracket um, because they look like they're very, very strong for sure. Ten teams. We're, we're talking about ten teams for them. Yeah. That is a huge number. I mean, that's so, almost a complete replacement of the ACC. and The Big Ten almost flips spots. Yep, I exactly. think the, I think the Big Ten last year got in five, maybe maybe five. Remember they had a terrible year, and now they're absolutely rolling. So it's it's, it's well, interesting. 
you can almost lock in eight uh, with Penn State, Indiana, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State, and Iowa. And then Rutgers, Illinois, Minnesota, all floating around six and five, five and five, five and four. Whichever ones finish above 500, they're looking pretty good. And Northwestern's still in, in range to make it even more than 10. Yep, that can be 10. Will anybody That'd catch be- Penn State? Last little bit on the Big Ten. Who's their, la- who's their running? Got that? Penn State's running is at Purdue, at Northwestern, home to Indiana, home to Wisconsin. Nope. Who is I'll that? take Penn State. Who was who that one? Penn, Sorry, Penn State. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, very good. But watch out for Wisconsin. We saw them earlier in the year and sure don't want to see them any, anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, very impressed yeah. with that group. All right, Ivy. Hey, hey, real quick on that, on the on the uh the Big Ten, right? Typical college soccer. I got this text from somebody this weekend, right? The Penn State or uh Michigan, Michigan State are playing. Michigan State's in a comfortable three up, you know, end of the game. Michigan scores in the eighty seventh minute, scores in the eighty ninth minute. Make it three two, almost ties it up. Like, there we go. College soccer at its finest. Um, yeah. All right. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Ivy. Couple the uh, basics. Browns pretty much clinched the league. Three points up. They've already beaten Harvard and Princeton. It's the storyline is can they get a fourth bid? Can Columbia or Dartmouth sneak in the backside? Yeah, Columbia's still got Brown and Princeton to play, and if they win one, you're looking at four bids from the Ivy, and we haven't got to the Pac-12 yet. We might only be looking at three or four from the Pac-12. What do you guys think? Uh, Columbia was is 30th in the RPI. Yeah, yeah. Columbia is, is – Harvard's right behind them at 31. So if we would play in today, Columbia, Columbia would be in. Columbia well, would be Columbia's – Columbia's best win is 56 Providence. So they're very, very close. Yeah, but Brian, at at 30, (coughs) at 30, it's going to be hard to keep them out. I mean, we saw that last year, right? Yeah. Two of their last three, they're running is home to Brown, home to Yale, and at Princeton. That's 11, 73, and 9. Even looking to 11 and 9, you ain't moving far from 30. No, you're not. Yeah, Yeah, but that winning percentage. Yeah, but that winning percentage now goes from, you know, say they lose two and win, now they go from seven, two, and three to eight, four, and three. It's going to drop them. going to oh, yeah. drop them. I, they, they got their way in, but they got to win one of them. They got to at least get a draw on one of those. Yeah, and the magnification of when you play fewer games, every game's magnified. Yeah, absolutely. These yeah, absolutely. IV teams are playing 15, 16, whatever it is. Uh, yep. You know, the flip, if they don't beat Brown and Princeton, or at least draw, They'll have one win in their last six. Does an RPI, let's say they lose those two, beat Yale. RPI 36, have won one of your last six games, and your best win, let's say Providence moves up to 48. Do they get it? If I was on the committee, my vote would be no. You got to have a top 50, and if you don't have a top 50, you better be in the 20s. So that's my vote. Or they need Princeton to win and get in the top 50, then I think they're okay. But if – but I think I think if that's their running, I think if they lose both to win them, I think their their number is going to be forty four, and no chance. All right, if you're, if you're in the if you're in the late forties, you better be in a power five school and have something on your resume. Mm-hmm. Go for All it, right. Brian. Yeah. On to the Pac twelve, the most interesting trophy race in the country. 
three teams unbeaten at 5-0 and and 15 points. Southern Cal, Stanford, UCLA, with them all linked in for Cal to play a little round robin the end of the season. If they each can skate this week, they'll come down to the last week, 10 days of the season, and Southern Cal, Stanford, UCLA will be having themselves a little round robin for a trophy. That'd be awesome. That would be that would be great. Uh, it just shows the, 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 what has happened to the bottom of the pack. What in the oh. world? Has, what has happened to the bottom of the pack afterwards? I mean, it is just falling off up a cliff. Wait, how? how how is it possible? You have nothing but players out there, Churchy. You know, you got a bunch of them That's out there, out there in the California. Well, you know, it's, uh, two weeks ago, Washington State probably almost safely in the NCAA tournament. Yep. And now mm. they are one four, one and four in the Pac-12 and probably way out. I don't even know who the fourth team could be. Maybe Cal, maybe Arizona State. Colorado missed a monster shot with UCLA at home this week, but resume is probably not strong enough to get in um, without one or two more big wins. Cal and Arizona State, maybe bubbly. Washington I State mean, 43. Washington State's 43. Are they and they're the fourth best RPI, I think. Is that right? I'm glancing at them now. It looks like they um and they're 43. California's I mean, 50, California's here, 51. Colorado's 57. Here's the issue. Here's the issue with Washington State. Their last God, they got a bunch of games left. Got six games left. Cal 51. Colorado 57, Utah 94, Oregon State 87, Oregon, Oregon 0 11 and 2. That, that's painful. I hate that for those guys. And then Washington 91. So there's no team in there unless Cal goes on a run. But you said they got to play the round robin with UCLA, USC, and, yeah, and that's uh, really Stanford. So they're not sure. they're not going to rise either. And you have nowhere else you can get a quality win. And that's saying that you have to win all six of those. They're not winning all six of those. Who's well, who's going from one four and one to winning their next six? And that's no offense to them. I'm just saying it's, that's really difficult for anybody to do. And those well, teams, and you can take take out the numbers, say the names: Cal, Colorado, Utah, Oregon State, Oregon, Washington. Yeah, that is a Arizona, tough. That's that's I, that's looking uphill for sure. Arizona State coming off sweeping the Washingtons this weekend is up to twenty seven in the RPI, and they got a chance. Oh, okay, okay, yes, for sure. Yeah. Let's give them their props. They deserve, yep. but they're going to need the best win is 43 and they don't really have anything close to that. Maybe the next best win is 87, 91, something like that. So they really need Washington state to prop up because Arizona's next three, they got to go to Oregon. Don't get a win. That's RPI disaster. And even just playing them is RPI disaster. And then yeah, they gotta Oregon's, beat... Oregon's going to beat somebody. They're not going yeah. over the whole season. They're going to, the odds are on it. They're going to beat somebody. And then you got Southern Cal UCLA at home. Those aren't easy. At Utah, you know, who's now 94, but away at Utah. At Colorado, who's going to be on the outside looking in, but out at Colorado. And then their derby is Arizona away, who's 101. So that's a hard run in to finish the job for Arizona State. Yep. And yeah. it's interesting, man. This is this is fascinating, Brian. I call it. All right, let's keep moving. All right, SEC. Oh, speaking of gold drought, other in Arkansas, here's the very, very quick analysis at the top of the league. You got Arkansas as a game up on everybody being chased by South Carolina. 
you know, a huge storyline, the shock surprise of unbeaten through six Kentucky at two on four and Mississippi state hanging in there and Texas A&M, the other one within five points of Arkansas. So I'd say Arkansas is a huge favorite, but the main reason for me is they've scored 13 and six that the SEC teams have played six goals, six games. The second place team has scored eight goals in six games. The wow. third place team has scored seven. The fourth place team has scored seven. And the fifth place team has scored nine. Almost everybody, nobody in the league can score to a game other than Arkansas. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, is... what's going, what do we think is going on over at Tennessee? They're, they're, they're having a rough go right now, aren't they? Oh, one, two, and three. They're on the outside looking in at the SEC tournament. They've got a better chance right now to make the NCAAs than they do the SEC yeah. tournament. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so that's know, always that's an always interesting conversation, right? Let's talk about the reach the beach as Brian Lee Brian Lee said it, but then I said it to the TV guys, and they gave me all the credit for it back in the day, Churchy. Back when Brian and I, back when Brian and I were bossing that league, when we were bossing that league. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta shut up. I gotta go back. Yeah, I gotta go back over there next year. Yeah, all right. Exactly. So, uh, oh, Ole Miss and LSU were the talk of the town, no doubt about it. Anyway, all right. Um, so as you look at that, I just pulled it up, okay? So you look at it in the bottom. This is always the interesting conversation. Who doesn't make the tournament, right? And can you not make the tournament and make the NCAA tournament? So, Brian, as we're going through this, give me give me a Tennessee's running. Yeah, Tennessee is home to Georgia. Now, this is Tennessee who hasn't won in five in the SEC. Okay. Um, home to Georgia. At Missouri. Tons of fun on a cold late October night, uh, home to A&M, away to Vanderbilt. Wow. Mm. Now, that, now to be fair, they've, that, at least in the Broncos, they've took a bunch of injuries on their back line. Okay. But it was interesting. I don't know if you watched, but the LSU game, I watched a lot of it. LSU, Tennessee was killing them, killing them. and couldn't score. And then LSU got them on the counter. Then the second half, LSU was killing them. Um, strange, strange. LSU was strange. So right now you've got in the bottom four – you have Missouri in last with four points, Florida with five, Vanderbilt with six, Tennessee with six, Ole Miss with seven, Auburn with seven, Alabama with seven, Georgia with eight. So if you look at that, you got to take four out of that group to not make it. That's uh, That makes it really interesting, right? Because you feel like Tennessee's going to get enough points to get there. You feel like Van – what's Vanderbilt's running? They're on 6-2. Vanderbilt's running is home to Missouri – at Mississippi State, home to Florida, home to Tennessee. Probably in the SEC. They're going to get some points in there. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, it. They got definitely a run in and good home. Yeah. Three, one away. They're in good shape. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's interesting. Georgia, I mean, Georgia's, I mean, there's four games left. And you got, really, if you take LSU at nine, they're probably pretty comfortable. One more point in there because it's usually 10 is the number. So you got Georgia at eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams. That four of them could four of those are not going. And, and it's Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Vandy, Florida, Missouri. Well, and it, you know, I think if you look at it, you look at preseason ideas and even form for the season, it's gonna be really hard for Mississippi, Florida, and Ole Miss. Those three. Wait, wait, Mississippi. Uh, so you, Mississippi and Ole Miss, that's the same team. Yes, correct. 
Some people call it Mississippi, don't they? But you said it as those are two, you said that as two different uh, teams, right? Sorry, I meant I meant just Ole Miss or Mississippi, whatever you want to call them. So I would say Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss out. I mean, Ole Miss is running is at South Carolina, Alabama, Arkansas, and Kentucky. Wow. Who lost yet? Wow, that's gonna be difficult. That's gonna be difficult. That, it's gonna be difficult. Yeah. yeah. What about what about Florida's running? Florida's running is at Arkansas, home to Auburn. At, at Arkansas, who just lost, mind you, on a Thursday night. That's going to be home, difficult. Home to Auburn, away to Vanderbilt, home to South Carolina. Don't love their chances. No, what, speaking at the top, give me Arkansas's running. Man, you're asking for a lot. Okay, Arkansas's you're doing running. a great job. <laughs> oh, God. You know, this is uh, – where does crown them? come from the phrase crown them crown them give them the, put it on their head home to florida at lsu home to ole miss home to mississippi state <laughs> i like the chances i like that uh, Colby's yeah. gonna okay. be around long enough for his palms aren't going to be sweating they'll make <laughs> yeah. it through. he will have hot palms. I mean, that, let's hand. keep it real that's four out of five for them yeah, trophy is it really? win it. Is Four it out of really? five. Yeah, Bama really? got them last year, but yeah. All right, that's that's you know enough. Hold on, one thing. Of, one yeah. thing. The whole theme is all these conferences. Everything matters. All these yeah. games matter. The last yeah. two, two and a half weeks, we're, we're talking about tournament games. Either tournament games getting into your conference, tournament games getting in NCAA tournament. But all these games, and you know, it's the teams that start to win these games. Watch out for those groups as they go to the NCAA tournament. Because yeah. also, you're used to playing a, a do-or-die game, three or four games yeah. that lead up to the NCAA tournament. So, that's exciting. Very good. Right, last, last one's the West Coast, who backloads their schedule pretty heavy. Some of these teams only played three games. But yeah. it looks like we got two undefeateds, and it looks like we are headed for a Gonzaga-Santa Clara showdown in Spokane mm. in a couple of weeks. Who wins? Give me that on the West Coast. It is Santa Clara at Gonzaga. Who's winning that league? Uh, I think last time we talked about this, boys, you two took Santa Clara and I took Gonzaga. Um, and I hope I don't draw Santa Clara. If we happen to get into the tournament, <laughs> I swear to God, I hope I do not draw uh, Santa Clara, but I am going to go G Gonzaga. I just I'm going that. Gonzaga, too. I'm switching. Oh. Yeah, I'm switching. I'm going to go Gonzaga. I'm, I'm going to tell you what, that was before Santa Clara wobbled a little with the tie at Cal Poly and the loss to San Francisco, both away, mind you. I'm going to say Gonzaga, we are sweeping. This is They're the new BYU. We're all there we go. Let's go. All in a Gonzaga. Love it. All right. That's the last one. That's the last one, but very quick. If you got any notes on these, here's some notable small conference movement things that we got. Big South. USC Upstate, 5-0 and oh, and five points clear okay. after years of really re – I mean, like, 1-17 struggling. What yeah. a – what a around. Uh, Colonial, Towson is four points up with three to play. And the finale is against Hofstra. So, if Hofstra can, you know, gain one point during this on Towson, can Towson close the door? Because same thing. That's a program that struggled. Conference USA, New Mexico State is six points clear with three to play and a win over Liberty in hand. Who would have voted against Liberty a month ago to win the mm -hmm. Conference USA? 
And, and they're still 11-1-1. Liberty is 11-1-1. Yeah. What if they don't win their league? That would be crazy. That would be crazy. In the Patriot League, can our boys down at Loyola, Joe and Kevin, hold off BU? They're up two points and only have Bucknell third place to play and then several in the bottom of the league. So Loyola, Maryland can have it back turned around to the prior days of Joe Maya, where they're winning uh, the league again. The MAC, Robbie's game of the century, kind of ended that one with Quinnipack and their lockdown D that's only given up one goal through five games in the league. Robbie was on that one. Here, here's a little teaser. You may hear oh. about Quinnipack later on in this show. That's just something for you guys to get. You I love the hear, teaser. You I love hear the about teaser. them again later on in this show, okay? <laughs> Teams love we love. Teaser. Teams College Soccer Nation loves. Gonzaga, yeah. BYU, and Quinnipack. And who is Rutgers? Don't forget about them. Hey, <laughs> but, well, hold on. Hold on. Brian, you haven't made, mentioned the big one. Southern oh. Conference. Oh, oh I know. West- Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I won't need to write that one down. You got Western Carolina, a game yep. up on the Lord yep. of the Rings. Yes. Only three or four to play. Can he do it yes. again? Can he, to the final yes. And he got yes. it out of he, nowhere. Hey, hey, look at look at Western Carolina's running. Ooh. Yeah, click on it. All right. Hold on. The uh, well, you know, the chase for the you know, it used to be one for the thumb, but chat, uh, Todd is now chasing one for the third toe on his left yeah. foot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Western Carolina, where are you guys? Okay, Western Carolina. Oh my god, oh, the Lord of the Rings is in trouble, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what we a bit of a bogey game, home to BMI. Not a bogey game, and then it's going to be the brother Yelton at home. Can they do it for the brother? Wow! Oh, God, oh, that's that high one. drama. That's high a big drama. thing. ETSU at the end beat the brother to knock off the brother. Woo! Oh, that would be something. Oh, that would be something. That how would, be would something. Sam? How would Thanksgiving? Uh, they, how would Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner be with the brothers if that would happen? Yes, that'd be yeah. interesting. All right. Good stuff, Coach Lee. That, that is maybe your best segment of all time, Coach Lee. Conversation. <laughs> Appreciate your your work. That was good. We should eight probably do that of, another week or so. Eight minutes um, of prep really pays off on this show. Uh, killing it. Love it. All right. Everybody's favorite. My wife, who I didn't even think listened. I know there was a year or two where she did not listen. Said to me, "Boy, I really liked Robbie's big games. Those were awesome." Then I had three other people tell me about Robbie's big games. So. For all those fans out there, everybody loves it. It's the best part of the pod. Robbie's big games. Take it away, Churchy. That is one smart lady over there. That's all (laughs) I have to say about her loving it. Okay, let's go. We've already talked about this. This is tomorrow night. AAC, Brian has declared it the championship of the AAC with Memphis uh, is traveling down to Greenville, North Carolina to play East Carolina. Also, big game, big game in the Patriot on Wednesday night. Bucknell travels to Laola. Both teams, that's gonna be a huge game in the Patriot League. Thursday, Thursday, ACC, Notre Dame travels down to Tallahassee to play Florida State for a share. Uh Florida State 4-0-1 in the conference, Notre Dame 5-0-1 at this point. So Big 12 game, BYU going to Oklahoma State. 
Um, Oklahoma State slid a little bit lately, but again, they're going to want a really big win, and there's an opportunity too. Big staying in the Big 12. Tom Stone's undefeated Red Raiders travel to UCF. Always a tough place to go. Where did everybody go? I look up on the pot, and, and you two are gone. Um, so travels to uh, Orlando to play UCF in the A10 Mass. At 4-1-2, and two, University of Massachusetts travels to St. Louis to play St. Louis at 5-0-1. Big game in the Big Ten. Michigan State, 4-1-1. Travels my boy Irwin, 4-1-1 for a huge game to stay in the championship race. Um, big game in the MAC. Kent State travels and plays Bowling Green in the MAC. Glad you guys could come back and join me here. Um, also, big game in AAC, SMU. <laughs> SMU are going to Boca Raton to see Ooh. our boy Patrick Baker at 3-0-1 in the conference. Big Southern game before the Big Brothers matchup. We've got to get through Mercer. Not going to be easy for the picker. Traveling Stan Sanford going to play Mercer. Um, the Northeast, Central Connecticut, undefeated at 4-0-1 in the conference, play Merrimack. 4-1. How about that? Get your tickets now. That's two undefeated teams <laughs> playing for championship in Northeastern Conference. Conference USA. FIU. FIU is 2-2. Wow. Two what a great turnaround they are playing, as Brian said earlier, a 5-0-1 New Mexico State Conference USA. And I didn't even know New Mexico State was in Conference USA. So I didn't guys, either. That's what a great What a great run here. Out in the big sky. Big Sky, Montana, traveling to North, Northern Arizona. And then, last one on Thursday, but not least, the Texas Longhorns are going mm. to Oklahoma for a Thursday night game in the Big 12. Friday games, not a lot of them, but big games to, to have. North Carolina, North Carolina goes to Wake Forest uh, on Friday night. Clemson travels to Duke. And you guys have talked about this already, a big one in the SEC, people to stay in alive for the tournament is Georgia travels to play in Knoxville, travels to play uh, Tennessee. Saturday, typically a pack day, day. Colorado, if they want to stay alive, they need to get some wins and they need to get some quick. They have an opportunity, travel to LA to play USC. Princeton, here's a big one in the Ivy. Princeton goes to Harvard to play, to, to go uh, for a big game in the Ivy. And then another big game in the in the WAC is Seattle University trying to stay a, a, up with uh, Utah Valley. We'll travel to Utah Valley, Utah Valley to play. Uh, oh, where are my other scores over here? Oh, here we go. Let's move on to Sunday. Oklahoma State, Big 12. Oklahoma State going to Texas, going to Texas Tech. Ohio State. Going to Wisconsin in the Big Ten. Another Big Ten big match. Michigan going to Indiana. So, my boy, Irwin, you've got a big week ahead of you. Good luck on that, too. Big East, Providence going to Georgetown. That's, again, we said who can beat Providence. Georgetown, Xavier, there's, a, there's the first opportunity. Big SEC game. Mississippi State traveling to Kentucky. Big AAC game. North Texas traveling big old conference usa rivalry is now in effect in the aac north texas going to boca Raton to play florida atlantic south the southland conference two teams unbeaten in the southland conference lamar six and zero in the conference 
Texas A&M Commerce. Where is that? It's located. We'll be traveling to Texas A&M Commerce. We'll be traveling to Lamar for the showdown there. Big A, Big American East, Bryant University will be traveling to my main bears. Undefeated at this point, main bears 8-0-4, in the conference. They could, they're getting close to be a lock in Brian's conference. We didn't mention American East, Brian. Next week when we bring that back, we need to talk about the main bears. Northern M M Missouri Valley Conference. Who can't talk here? Northern Iowa traveling to Missouri State. Missouri State has a has a stranglehold on that conference right now. Big C CAA conference. CAI is Townsend. Seven zero and two. We talked about going up to Northeastern to play. And here it is. Everybody's been mm-hmm. waiting for this conference showdown. East Tennessee State travels mm. the brother war to Birmingham, Alabama to place Sanford. Mm. And then the last one is a is in, in the Horizon League, an undefeated IUPUI will travel to an undefeated Wisconsin Milwaukee at six and oh. Shoo! Boy. Well, and those yeah. are your big games, huh? Those Fantastic. Are your big games from all conferences. And let me emphasize all conferences. <laughs> I phone text too, Matt, from the little guy text me. Yeah. It was yeah. like saying, please keep us in your big games. We are important too. So there they are. Love it. There you go. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. And where did, where did you two go when I looked up and nobody was at this spot listening? Well, <laughs> I need a restaurant. I need a restaurant. Uh, uh, yeah, I figured is, I had some time. Nobody said this was break time doing this spot. It's two 52-year-old men and we're doing a podcast that went over an hour. We're in Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Team of the week. All right. No, let's do upsets of the week first. Upset of the week. I'm going to go with mine. I'll go first. I'm going – I got a little West Coast flavor this week. Whoa. I was pretty shocked at the um, – I, I watched them earlier play this year, and I thought they were very good. Um, not that they're not very good. It's just we all have those days, i.e. check West Virginia, Oklahoma on, on Thursday. Uh, but a 5-1 Arizona State win versus Washington State. You don't see a lot of those conference play very often. Um, especially with, I think, the quality that Washington State is. But kudos to Arizona State on the uh, on the big win. So that's my upset of the week. Brian? Robbie, you go ahead. I got two in the book. Okay. Got, Robbie, oh, okay. go for it. Okay. I've got a couple. i got a couple. Can we do two? Or only got one here. We can. Hey, we can. Can you do one? Then Brian does one. Then you go back to your other one if he doesn't mention exactly. it. How about okay. that? Awesome. Awesome. I think there's some. Uh, some and mine's in the Big 12. Mine's in the Big 12. Mine is Cincinnati. Cincinnati being Oklahoma State. Again, you guys have talked a lot about Cincinnati um, during the year and what a great job that she is doing there. But that was, to me, was was really a big a big shocker for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, as well, Robbie. That, that, that was one of mine too. Go figure. You know, uh, you know, she's doing a really good job, Eric. And actually, we uh, we played them on Sunday. They were a very difficult team to break down and in, in a you know tough surface, but yeah, you know, we're the two rookies in the league, us and us in Cincinnati squaring off. Me and me and Erica. So we uh had a nice little chat. She's a wonderful person doing a great job. And I would say if I was in the Big Twelve, I would be very concerned about what Cincinnati's gonna look like going forward because I think she's gonna do a great job. So uh certainly a big win. 
Well, and I would be super concerned as well if they don't change the turf that was, I think, installed in 1943. The, I, I don't know if I'm able to say this, but she did tell me they're getting a brand new surface um, next year, I think. So she's pretty excited about that. that. Would, that'd be handy on the one hand for all the visiting teams. But what makes Cincinnati such a hard place to play is for, especially for a, uh, you know, team now in the power five, that surface is really, really hard to play on. Well, and the set the center back for them, who was three time AAC Coach of the Year, excellent, excellent, excellent um, uh, player, tough, and just eats up everything in the middle. So, anyway, go ahead. Sorry, uh, Brian, then back I, to you. Who, which, yeah, no, you're first one. Yeah, uh, just I got a couple here, but I'm gonna go with. You know what? I like this one. Louisiana Tech one, Grambling two. When a SWAC team can go out of league on the road and get a, a pretty good win, Louisiana Tech's had a good two or three year run here. It's an impressive upset by Grambling, who looks like a runaway winner in the SWAC. Okay. Love it. Yep. Yep. Robbie, what was your other one? Well, mine is mine, mine. I don't I can't believe anybody has mentioned this. How about Auburn beating Arkansas? Oh God! Yeah, I had that. I had that on my list too. Two one. Yeah. How about Auburn beating? Obviously, Karen does that so many times and pulls these big, great wins in her fantastic career. But this year with it is that's just a fantastic win by the Auburn Tigers. Yep, Brian. that's a good. I got one more. NC State, who hadn't won a game since opening weekend, to Virginia one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Virginia's struggling, no doubt. All right, team of the week. I'm going – no, I'm not really going on a limb here, but I just think it's a tough, tough, tough trip to go to altitude in Colorado, then go over to Utah, and Stanford went and beat them both. I'd like to know in the Big 12 – or, sorry, in the Pac-12, how many teams can make that trip and win both. So they beat they beat uh, Colorado after going down early, beat them 3-1 on, on Thursday, then went over and beat Utah one nothing on Sunday. So – I think, you know, one of the best teams, obviously, in the country, Stanford. Uh, but they're my uh, team of the week. All right. Robbie, you want to go? I do. And they're back. They're, they are back. My team of the week is the Quinnipiac Bobcats. <laughs> they are back. We talked about the huge game that they had with Fairfield. We and did. They won that game three to one. Forwards, yeah. they couldn't stop the scoring ability of, of them. So we talked about that. But then they had the turnaround, and again, they beat Iona 2-0 on, sun, on Sunday. They are now 7-3 overall. They are in complete control of the Metro Atlantic Conference at 5-0 in the conference, too. So, Brian, wow. I think you can walk them down, put it down on paper uh, as champions of the Metro Atlantic is going to be Quinnipiac Bearcats. Coach Bearcats. Clark has done a great job with him. Now, did you know, Robbie, that uh, 20 years ago, they had to change their name. They were the Quinnipiac Braves. Oh. I oh. Didn't know. Yeah. Wow. That's the kind of knowledge you get on Consagration. Churchy, yes. is Clark, does Clark work your camp? How, how is this connection to Quinnipiac? Like, see a former no. assistant? Like, not, what's the deal here? With not the yet. He, he, will, he will next year. With his winning the conference. <laughs> He will get a bonus, and he will be able to work. He will work camp and maybe run camp next year. Love it. Love it. All right. All and right, at, Brian, this rate, at this rate, he'll be doing it for free. Good yeah. Lord. All the, all the publicity. Love it. it. All, all right. right. 
My team of week uh, of the week we talked about a little bit before is Arizona State. The huge 5-1 win over Washington State. And they also beat Washington to give themselves in the Pac-12 a chance to have four teams in the NCAAs. Big weekend for him. Love it. Can I give a little eight? Can I give a little check here beside my team? Yeah. I got I got one. I gotta give I gotta give props because I saw them and they ran over us. The Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Panthers or would be my team. They beat us two two to one on Thursday, and then they come in and Wake Forest comes in on Sunday and they steamroll Wake Forest and wins and wins four one against Wake Forest. So uh, again, Randy's got that group rolling. They're eleven, two and one, three, one and two in the ACC, and a really, really good team. All right, and I'm going to give one more, too, seeing as we're giving out extra shout-outs. How about West Virginia? Lost yeah. for dead with a, with a loss at Houston. Came back and absolutely blew our doors off 4 nothing, and turned around and beat Oklahoma State. I promise you, I promise you, boys, the last team you want to see on your schedule right now is the West Virginia Mountaineers. Nikki's got them back, has their attention, and they are playing at a very good level, and they will be very dangerous uh, going forward. You do not want to come across them right now. If you're in the if you're in the Big Twelve, I promise. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan since we have them and we need the RPI to keep going. They need to keep winning games. <laughs> I am a big fan right now. Yeah, yeah. Always have been. Always have been, but especially yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. We're good, Brian. Anything else? No, all good. Let's go get them this weekend. Yeah, great weekend. It's time. We gotta try and find some wins, try and find some points. Robbery weekends are popping, and we got all kinds of games. Good luck to everybody out there. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate your support. Uh, college talking, we love doing this uh, every week. As we like to say around here, keep kicking. And some of that means different things for different people. <laughs> anyway, College Soccer Nation is out. 